Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jote Maniac. And it's me, your other host, DM Celeste, aka Sea Witch. Oh, it's been far too long since it we have been, been on the microphone. You yes. probably don't know that, listener, or you do. I mean, you do now, so. You've seen behind, the, beneath the kilt, it's been a long time. <laughs> oh, but that means we're going to go straight into condition training. Ooh. So, so conditioning is a thing, and then I saw online that, like, conditioning training, and that sounds terrible i don't like two words with ing at the end condition together training. so i changed it yeah that's rough condition training nice. because what are we gonna do today celeste we're gonna look at an article yay uh and this article is from cbr.com written by rebecca crumb and the 10 most annoying conditions in dungeons and dragons i like it also i feel like i would totally make a dwarf character named crumb crumb yeah with it, it's kiss K-R. I'm like, that's good. Yeah. That's a good fantasy name. Also, Rebecca is spelled with a K. Good name. This is a good dwarven name, Rebecca. <laughs> I hope that I hope you find that to be a compliment. <laughs> yes. I mean, name your next so, dwarf character, Rebecca Crub. I yeah, the dwarves are cool. <laughs> Sorry, Rebecca, if you don't like dwarves. <laughs> so we'll go in order, but I think at the end. I think we will definitely need to answer for ourselves what, what is we most, feel like yeah. is the most annoying. And I also feel like this is a really interesting way to look at it because what we feel like is most annoying as a DM versus a player. Yeah. Because yeah. I know what the answer is. I know what the answer is for you. I know exactly what I'm going to say is the worst thing. The I know worst what the character is class me, so. interaction with uh-huh. a condition. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I actually don't know if it's on. If it's on. Oh wait. Okay. We'll get there. Car- carts and horses and things. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get right. there. So we'll number ten to kick yes. us off. Blinded adds complications. Yes. So they're so they're putting blinded a little bit lower. Okay. So yeah, and you, I like. How do you feel? I, I think blinded. I mean, it's it's rough. It's super rough. Um, and I like the point that they, why they put it on this list is not just because of the normal penalties. Like, obviously, you know, you you have disadvantage, like, to hit things because you can't see well. But also the fact that you can't target creatures you can't see in a lot of spells. So I think that's, like, the secret gotcha with Blinded. I wouldn't say it's so annoying as a DM because, like, that's a really powerful thing to do to your players and potentially shut down your spellcasters. But it is definitely a condition that is made to annoy spellcasting characters. Because, <laughs> like, fighters, they still get, like, four attacks, right? So inevitably, even if you're rolling at disadvantage, one of those is probably still going to hit. But if you just literally can't target someone to cast their spell, like, it's a no start from the beginning. Yeah. And I think as a DM, like my leaning is like, you know, if I have this and I'm using it as part of, you know, as part of a stat block, I think my go to is to blind the fighter or the melee because they're right there. Yeah. And the idea that, oh, well, I'll put them at disadvantage. I guess it also makes me feel bad if I were to do it to, to the wizard at that point, but it's definitely the more effective choice. Yeah. Well, and then also, like, wizards or other casters are more likely to have worse constitution scores, and almost all blinded condition-based effects require a con save. 
So you're more likely to to blind the spellcasters. Maybe I just play uh, too nasty. We'd like to Maybe this. I just play too nasty. I yeah. go after my <laughs> spell. We'd like to take this moment to apologize to all spellcasters. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> for what we may have done with this conversation. Okay. Okay. Well, what about deafened? <laughs> deafened. Because deafened. So deafened has some debated effects. Yeah. Which I'm really interested to see. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, Deafened Condition simply states the character fails any uh, checks reliant on healing. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, okay, I get why this is annoying, because it is very unclear. Because so much in D&D isn't keyed to hearing. Like, I can think of maybe three or four specific monsters that, like, because if you have Blindsight, for instance, or, like, the bat has echolocation, right? Like. So if you can't hear, you effectively do blind these characters by having them be deafened. But otherwise, most characters, especially in the heat of combat, don't really need to be able to hear, right? It's happening so fast. And yeah, I so. And it's interesting because the, and you start to get into and I know this is where the debates are going to come from. Like if you've ever been. um, And that's an interesting thing because you also have to like process the idea of like okay have i ever lost my hearing for a shorter right. amount of time yeah and so how does that negatively affect, affect you? you well and i know there's a couple there's a couple things is one most people like acute deafness is it from a loud sound or something yeah. like that you're super dizzy you're yes. very disoriented yeah lose a sense of balance yeah yeah those, those verbal components are, would technically be more difficult because you don't have that feedback of hearing, or yeah. you'll, you're only going to hear yourself in a different way. Um, you would still, I mean, still probably be able to. Oh, man, see, this is why I don't like conversations in D&D uh, when yeah. I try and equate it to I, reality. Because the question would be, like, yeah. do I still hear myself? Because the reason, I, the reason we, each person feels like they sound different when they talk versus a recording is because of the vibrations internally. That's why you sound different. Yeah, the, in and in your inner ear. So that's why you sound different to you mm-hmm. than when you listen to a recording of yourself. Yeah. So does that still apply? Do I still hear myself, but now I sound different? Does that affect your spell? So I, I think as written, yeah, I think as written, you can still cast spells with verbal components, no problem. But like, if that should be the case, I think is interesting. This is something I've wrestled with, like while designing Tales of the Valiant, for like trying to think of a way to do this you know because it would be nice if there was like a, a a rendered senseless right kind of condition as opposed to like saying blinded versus deafened like if there was something you know messed with your head like in that way your senses were all shut down at once i feel like that might be a more streamlined way to like deal with this kind of stuff because deafened and blinded right now yeah definitely you know, and there's obviously some like accessibility issues and some language issues too around this. So it's a it's an interesting one. It's good to put on the list because it's definitely it's definitely up for interpretation, and I can see how that would be annoying for both DMs and players. Yeah, because I mean, I would I would probably lean towards imposing disadvantage in more scenarios than presented. Yeah, because the other also the presentation is automatically fail if you need your ears is basically yeah 
how it's, it's like how i'm like well well what I that's know? up for interpretation yeah i'd probably give it a go yeah <laughs> i probably on perception check like if somebody's sneaking up behind you and you can't hear them like i'd probably give that person you know make them surprised like when they were attacked you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep what is our next one uh oh uh grappled so number eight grappled keeps creatures in place Grappled is one of the most common conditions D&D characters face, especially in melee, condition when one grabs another and holds them in place. Yeah, the grappled um, creature loses all movement speed, including any bonuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I'm haunted, <laughs> by, haunted. by grapple. So like, let, let, well, no, let's just get this out of, let, we'll get this part out of the okay. way and then right. we can move to grapple in 5e. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm haunted by, by grapple from previous editions. Um, yes. I can literally see in my head the like, like the matrices of uh, if this then that like the yes. like flow chart uh multi-page flow chart of of grappling and so i have a tendency not to do this because of that uh which is not it's not as difficult in 5e by any stretch of the imagination but there is just um i am haunted haunted by that <laughs> um so i don't grapple very often for these reasons yeah, well, and then here's the, here's the trick. Here's the trick why this is so annoying because grappled, when you're grappled, both people involved in the grapple have zero feet. But if you use an action to to like pin somebody that you have grappled, that person, that target becomes restrained and you no longer become grappled and then you can move around with that restrained creature freely on the battlefield. There's no way around that so like this series of interactions that you have to do to make this grappling thing effective is is banana pants so definitely annoying hard to understand and also when you do finally you know you go down this route and you make a wrestler character and you abuse this rule um because i've never done that <laughs> wink um gms just want to cry <laughs> like when you do this <laughs> <laughs> Imagine in two, because so this plays out in two rounds. Yes. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, I've grappled. Blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. Okay, I've restrained. Now, at this point, I have two more things that I can do. Yes. And I'm going to I'm going to say that whoever is doing this has the availability of dashing on their bonus action. Oh, God, So yes. now I've just picked, it, yep. picked up whoever, whatever I've grappled, and I've ran 60 to 80 feet away. Yep. On my turn. Yep. And then and you then drop them off full, a cliff. Uh, yep, I was going to say go full uh, Mario 64 with the penguin and just <laughs> chuck them right off the cliff. That's a deep... Just drop them off the cliff because they they fall. They fall automatically. They don't get a save as written or a number of scores written. So. Yeah, yeah, because they were restrained. Yep. I, I built uh, my character Tank, T-A-N-K, uh, my big old Warforged. Nice. He was a grappler, did zero damage with his body, but like just dropping people off of things, throwing people. Yeah. So yeah, grappled. And that is an annoying little secret that I think people forget. Like when you grapple someone, you also have zero speed because you are both like sitting there like a pretzel knot. So yeah, that's that's one of those tricky rules that I, to I totally agree with. <laughs> that's a secret annoyance. That one might need to be further down the list. But yeah. what is further down the list is petrified is inconvenient, but protective. Mm -hmm. I don't I Someone really was looking for the silver lining there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, because you're petrified. You're turning to stone. Um, you fail saves. Attacks against you have advantage. You can be destroyed 
like in forever. And that's yeah. all pretty freaking bad. And petrified, like every time it comes up, you have to pass. Like they give you two or three opportunities usually to like save yourself because this is how bad it is, right? You have to fa- fail a lot of checks or a lot of saves to like really truly be petrified yeah. in most cases. So yeah, I don't know if it's annoying that there's a like a silver lining part, but well, yeah. So the, the the theory here is that you're resistant to all types of damage, to all damage types, and immune to poison and disease. Because basically, you become an object. So yeah, what I find interesting with that is the player that wants to use that as a way to cure a poison or a disease. Oh, that's and would oh. I them, and would I let them? <gasps> that's interesting. I never thought about that. So, like, if they already have a poison or disease and then they petrify themselves. They don't have any other method by which um, to resolve that. So you do that. I mean, and then from there you have two options. One, you let them. You let them heal it. Yeah. Or two, you've stopped it. Yeah, you put them in, like, a state. So it's not going to – it wouldn't progress and you would go get whatever solution that is. Because that could – I love that. You could also do it for an NPC. I think that'd be probably the best. Yeah, that's a he- cool plot point. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, whoa, what a cool story that is. And, you know, it's the same thing, like, you know, when we hear about cryogenic freezing, right? It's like, oh, no, like, I'm dying of this this terminal disease. I'm going to freeze myself because in the future we'll have, you know, we'll have a cure. Like, that's totally wild. I have never thought of using Petrify like that. But oh, what a cool. And you could have, and you could have, and depending. And depending on how invested your players are with yeah. this NPC, you could also have it be like a really big moment. Yeah. Because the person is, you could have the PCs be there while the NPC ch- chooses. Yeah. Like Han getting dipped in carbonite. That was yeah. such a big moment. Like dipping him in like, and he's like and turning then, to, oh man. Oh, and then so one, of your, cool. one of your PCs walks up and is like, I love you. And then the NPC's like, I, I know. know. And they get petrified. Oh man. Do it. Do it in your games, everyone, and tell us about it, please. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly that's how I would rule that. I would I wouldn't rule like auto fix. I would rule stasis on that. Now that said, depending on the level of your party, that's not just petrified is not just inconvenient. That's oh, yeah. awful. That's awful. Because you're not doing anything during doing during combat, and how much effort do they need to put in? after combat so me personally i don't know about seven i mean it definitely has some upsides and we've figured out a narrative way to use it but in terms of actual in combat oh oh hey i just looked at petrified haha it says this um the creature is immune to poison and disease although poison or disease already in its system is suspended not neutralized that's actually baked into the rule i've never seen that before well there we go perfect but and yeah narrative and all that i cannot think what heals you from petrified is it greater restoration? sorry everybody i'm typing i'm rapidly looking at rules can greater restoration fix you my answer is i know that uh flesh to st- or stone to flesh used to i don't know if that's a thing no it's not it's greater restoration does it that's the lowest level yeah. spell you could do it's fifth level so you'd have to be at least like a ninth or tenth level caster probably to have this Whew. All right. Now everyone can listen to my super mechanical keyboard. Yeah. We both have t- tippy tappy keyboard. Sorry. Yeah. Well, so it's specifically in greater restorations is one effect that charmed or petrified the target. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is interesting because like a Medusa is a CR six. Yeah, like, you could so, have a Medusa be the be you know be what they go up against without what do I want to say without having access to those yeah. spells. Wow, yeah, because I mean Medusa, yeah, yeah CR six, you're going to be fighting that. You know, you could as early as level three or four. Um, whoa. Oh, whoa. Okay. Never realized how nope. scary that. No. What? Why? Because I can throw a basilisk at you, who is CR three, oh, and it specifically no. states in there on a failure, creature is petrified until freed by the greater restoration spell. Oh, that's magic. so scary. CR three. That's so CR3. scary. Whoa. I don't. Yeah. So this, this should probably be a little lower on the list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Though honestly, I can't. I don't think I've ever had somebody be petrified. Like they've always. You know, say made the last roll or, but like, whoa. Okay, this is a good one. This is good. Rebecca, you're nailing these. Loving it. Charmed turns friends against each other. <sighs> Charmed is annoying. It is. It, it's also not. I mean, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough thematically. It's problematic. It's, yeah. And honestly, I've just... I don't use it anymore at my table um, unless my characters, my players can use it, but none of my NPCs ever do because inevitably it just makes people feel bad. They're like, I'm sorry, I have to do what with my character? Like, no, my character would never do that. I'm like, well, you fade your save. And they're like, well, and it's like, I totally understand why you're so frustrated. But like, that is such, such a huge pain point. I don't think anybody is ever like, okay with this part of the game, like, their character being charmed or, you know, falling to a suggestion spell or whatever, but... Yeah, anymore, I've... I've Because of that kind of same argument, which I totally get the argument. I really, really do. If... And I haven't used it in a long time. And, like, the last times I did use it, I, I almost lean towards almost a comedic premise that yeah. is charmed. Like, I do understand you're probably... You're right. You're looking your, you know, your adventuring party dead in the eye as you slash across them, that kind of thing. Well, then I just have whoever charmed the, the PC make them do something menial. Yeah. Have them wander over and like, hey, I could use I, I could use a refreshment on my drink. Absolutely, my new friend. And then like they just are wandering off and filling up a drink cup rather than, yeah, trying to flip it. And to be clear, the charmed condition doesn't actually force you to do anything. It just, it means uh, you just can't attack the charmer or the target or the target or target the charmer. That's basically it. And then the charmer has advantage on ability checks. So, and I, I think a lot of time this adds to the, the stress of it because people, GMs might get confused that this is more like a suggestion where it's like actual mind control or not. And like, I can imagine that just being a whole problem yeah that's a good pick it is very annoying <laughs> what's number five? Oh yes stunned puts action on pause this sucks being stunned yeah being stunned is terrible anybody who uses stunned it just it just shut it down because you can't you can't move you can't speak because you're also incapacitated, so you can't take reactions or actions. So you're just, like, locked down. Oh, yeah. So I think my thing is, I don't... So I used it literally at the last, at my last home game. Um, it was just part of it. 
and it was, I mean, it was a bigger battle. It was a bigger boss and there were all kinds of special things that I could do. And it ended up hitting one character and they rolled and they got it for three rounds. And so like they could save each round, but at the same time, like, I don't know that I would, I don't know that I would let that happen again in the sense that if it works, I'll take that round from you. But I don't think I, I don't think I feel comfortable anymore taking like more than one round. More than one. Cause yeah, losing one round in combat. Cause honestly, combats typically only last three rounds. So like if you lose, you roll and you that's three rounds, like a stun, you could potentially do nothing for the entire fight. Like that just feels very bad. And I think this is something that we're starting to see in like the, the one D and D or the, you know, D and D 20, 24 play tests is they're starting to phase out the stun condition for exactly this reason. Well, I think there's like just more interesting things you can do. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's effective. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. Oh, yeah. It's really, really effective. But I feel like if I, if I, if I, I should be able, I should need to trade resources for that every round. Yeah. Um, like if it were a stun as a, a caster, I would want it to be a concentration. Yeah. To even get the chance at another round. If it's a stun effect, I would want to have to spend like my bonus action to keep them stunned or another action as part of another action or something like that. Whereas this, uh, monster, so Lich Empress from Steamforged Games, whole bunch of cinematic options, basically layer actions. One of the most interesting ones was if you fail, I take away for right now your strongest ability. Ooh. So the rogue failed. You don't have sneak, sneak attack anymore. Oh, no. Yeah. So you can still do all these yeah. things, but this. Seriously, <laughs> hamper a character ask- without giving them nothing to do. Right. Then afterwards, I asked, I like, then it was all done. And I was like, wait, because you get it back because once the creature dies, you get it back. So it's not like it it doesn't require additional magic or anything. But I was like, wait, in hindsight, should I have had it? Should I have had sneak attack <gasps> so, after to that? you? No, oh, no. Yeah. Well, and I had done and I did. I actually ended up doing the 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 rogue and the fighter. So I took sneak attack and action surge. Ooh. I was like, wait a minute. Does that mean <gasps> I would have had I should have done that? But it, I mean, it was still really bad. Two of them, went, two of them went down. Three, the rest were super close. So like, it, it worked out perfectly in terms of like how I would want a battle to go. But yeah, stunned. I would say one round at most, at most, because you've completely incapacitated them to the point where if I do anything, if it's an area effect, if it's a minion that attack, everything is going to hit real, real hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> frightened is intimidation on steroids. I hate fear. I number four. It's the worst. It's uh, the worst. What I don't like about the frightened condition and fear and stuff is that it's never. It's not standardized. So, like having the frightened condition doesn't mean the same thing. Doesn't create the exact same effects as if you are frightened by like some creature abilities or like the fear spell it's all a little bit different so every time like you have to say you're afraid or you're frightened you have to specify exactly what it is and then there's always confusion around it so that's what i find the most annoying about it yeah in any version where you run away yeah you have to spend your whole turn running away it's like oh, god well, because everything because everything is doubled. So yeah. every turn, 
I spend running, I then have to, on the, the back end of that, spend running back. Yeah. And that's, like, usually from the fear effects you see. Like, because the frightened condition itself yeah. is only disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls. Well, you can see the source of your fear and you can't willingly move closer. But, like, almost every, like, the dragon's, you know, frightening aura or whatever it is, like, makes you run. Just, like, f until you die, you have to run away. <laughs> and it's, yeah. It's obnoxious. It also sucks when you're, like, I'm playing a bold and magnificent paladin who fears nothing. And then you're, like, oh, fail to save. You're frightened. And you're, like, that feels so wrong for my character. But, okay. I run through the next available door that we haven't been through yet in the dungeon, and I have now <laughs> aggroed many other things. Leroy Jenkins! Yay! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, just, uh, it's bad. It's bad. I don't like it. Nope, moving on. That's annoying. Um, But this one, the next mm -hmm. one. Oh, the next one. Paralyzed um, makes things critical. Yes. That... Especially when compared with stunned, or like the fact that when you're paralyzed, every attack against you is a critical hit seems really rough. It seems just like a big ex escalation. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that I, I, I mean, I guess if I'm stunned in theory, I would still oh, like you're still kind of staggering around, I guess. Yeah, yeah, paralyzed, or... you're like frozen still. Yeah. But in the same way, then like, why wouldn't why wouldn't I as a petrified take criticals? I mean, resist. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, or I guess it. At that point, I would. I should just take no, normal damage because yeah. I'd be resistant. But then I should be taking criticals. So that's rough. It's rough on both ends. I mean, like yeah. if they could manage to paralyze a monster that I have and then just land, because unless they line it up and it's a it's a plan, then I'd probably be okay with it. But you have two classes that really really want that critical yeah because they know what they can do with it and yep. that would be paladin and rogue, rogue. Um, because yeah. then i i'll just dump mm -hmm. as much as i can into spot spite yeah that's probably true too but i meant smite <laughs> um yep. but then sneak attack you know it, yeah. oh, what if you timed it so much dice potentially yeah because if you think you i mean again your typical fighter rogue so then I did sneak attack on my turn, commander strikes, and I'm doing sneak attack with an additional 2d8 on top of my, what, 10d6? Yeah. And I mean, you're paralyzed, so attack rolls automatically have advantage against you, and it's automatically a critical hit, so it's just like, so sneak attack, it's like your best friend. <laughs> well, you're guaranteed sneak attack no matter yep. what, because you already yep. have advantage, yeah. Yep. That's rough. <sighs> yeah. That's rough. Yeah, that's how you, uh, that's how you one-shot a, uh, you know, barbarian or whatever. If they're paralyzed, then bam, dead. Okay. <laughs> scenarios that we can use this yes. as a DM are scenarios where the player doesn't want to play your character anymore. Yeah, that's a great, yes. They, they come up, they come up, and so I've had, I've mentioned it before, but I had one where a player didn't want to play their character anymore. I, in the next session, I had already planned on bandits like popping into their room while they were asleep so i had that conversation with the player and basically to like kick things off the bandits kill that player um because they're getting basically free free crits on the person who's asleep if you wanted kind of a big out for someone this could be a big and dark very dark out for someone this could be a way that it happens the you know whatever monster or npc you have paralyzes them and then kills them 
Because they will land a critical. They just will. They just will. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, okay. This next one here, I'm... All right, so it's two. Unconscious is a harbinger of worse fates. I'm like, yes, but I wouldn't say that's annoying because, you know, this is baked in. It's like a pre, pre-death pre phase that you can be in. So I think it's actually pretty cool that we have something in the way of auto-death. So I'm fine. And unconscious shares similar effects as paralyzed. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't I don't think unconscious is annoying. How no. would I how would I make someone unconscious without having just dropped all their hit points? Are there yeah. ways? No, because um, most spell no, effects. There's no way to just make someone unconscious. Well, then yeah, I wouldn't say that that was necessarily. I mean, there could uh, there could be annoying ways to get there, um, <laughs> but I don't think it's inherently annoying because I've gone through all your hit points to get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. How I did that could certainly be annoying. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> how you managed to do it could be annoying. You know, to yeah. me, the DM could be annoying. But the condition itself, like you said, is that stopgap between... True death. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, yeah. I had a player get close, though, because they went unconscious and they rolled a death save and they rolled a one. Oh, boy. Um, So things got interesting for sure. Yeah. Well... And unconscious does share the same thing. The cruelty is paralyzed where any a creature within five feet that hits you, it's automatically a critical hit. And if you take a critical hit while you're unconscious, that counts as two death saving throws. Yeah. So if somebody hits you, so if your DM is mean, then this could be very annoying, <laughs> I, I, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, you could do it. Oh, yeah, because you could have people go down in an area of effect and it's still going to happen um, sort of thing. But yeah, I... I don't know that I would put it... And the annoying list, especially at number two. Yeah, if I would, it certainly wouldn't be here. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie. Number one is is kind of true. Um, yes. Exhaustion causes the most impairments. Yes. Ugh. Exhaustion is a problem. It's... <laughs> and this is... Okay. So a lot of people want or demand that exhaustion should be, like, totally changed or removed from the game. And I I like what exhaustion represents and like the fact that there are stages to it. And honestly, like one level of exhaustion doesn't really hinder you at all. Even the second level, you could argue, is mostly fine. Like disadvantage on ability checks and then, you know, level two speed halved. Like that's fine. But the thing is, if you get to three disadvantage on attack rolls and saving throws, then you just once you're there, you automatically fail anything that would push you towards more exhaustion right because you're like you're rolling a disadvantage on everything i don't i don't think it's it's inherently broken or whatever but i think the problem is we have a lot of home brewers or like third-party publishers who are like every time this monster hits you you get a level of exhaustion or like any other effects that like would give you more than one level of exhaustion on the same round of combat like that is that should be a no-fly that's just poor design because the death spiral is too fast if you're whipping out exhaustion like that well i also think like five to six what's the point uh, yeah you already read you already so four you just on the chance that you do not know after three four hit point maximum half five speed reduced speed reduced to zero six death uh, and like for me what's five and six like yeah how am i getting exhausted first off right. I, i'm really interested yeah. um like <laughs> 
Who's uh, is it? Your ta- is Tank throwing me around? Is this why I'm still exhausted? Is this why? <laughs> yeah. Well, it and it should be something like if it's used correctly, it's mostly going to be an environmental thing. So it'll tie into exploration pillars, right? Like forced marches or like, you know, I'm climbing through a volcano and the heat is like wearing you down over time. That's what it's really meant for. But because 5e kind of like said, you know, gave the middle finger to exploration as a pillar, exhaustion hasn't had as much impact as it would have in games that in previous editions that emphasized, you know, hex crawls and like environmental exploration and dungeon crawls. So it feels really weird right now in 5e to players who have never played any other edition i guess we don't need to try and tackle fixing it right here yeah. right now but <laughs> you should you should we try. should at some point yeah, yeah thinking about it tales of yeah. the valiant we're thinking about it <laughs> yeah i mean because like yeah the the spiral to be hit and take exhaustion just doesn't seem right to have a battle and roll to see if I am exhausted after that battle. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay with that idea. Um, or if it's a full day's worth of combat. Um, but at the same time, I didn't have to make sure they're not going to rest. Cause then what's the point? Because yep. then they're just going to rest through that. Yeah. That's, a t- that's a, that's a tough nut to crack just because like you said, the other, the other thing that's hard is I, I don't think I would individualize it necessarily. Especially, especially if I'm really going to use it the way it's intended for exploration, because the idea that, um, uh, well, I mean, we do, we all have those players, but let's just assume I don't have the players who are just like, no, I'm in it for me. Screw everybody else. Yeah. The idea would be that they're all working as a group. So then the check would be done as a group that the, you know, the, the person that could do that check better is going to do more to make sure that the group doesn't get exhausted. They're going to carry yeah. more. They're going to do more of the work that's, and so like collectively, if I were going to apply exhaustion, I would apply apply it to everybody in the group, um, and just just let it be that. And I don't. We just don't have good tools to be able to use it effectively right now. Yeah, and I don't see myself ever going past three for yeah. any reason, just because if that because at that point, like I feel because that's the other thing about this this chart is that at some point, either I'm going to feel like I'm I'm mean. Or I'm very hampered in the yeah. sense that like, well, okay, so then what do I, like, without being a monster myself, what do I even put in front of these, you know, in front of my group? I guess if I just had really wanted to use lower CR creatures, this is a solution to my problem. Yeah. Because you just have half your hit points and fail everything now. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. That's a really good one for number one. Okay. The important question. Yes. What is your number one? Okay, so my specific interaction with a condition that I think is the most annoying, the monk's ability to do stunning strike is the worst. It is the worst thing ever. The fact that a class has a class feature that allows them to just stun basically unlimited because they get so many points. They have so many resources to be able to do this. It is the worst. Stunning strike is awful. It's so awful. It shuts down fights. It makes everything unfun. Even even monks who successfully do it all the time, I have to suspect it's unfun for you. Like, just to ruin fights all the time by stunning things. Ugh. 
You knew it. You oh, knew I, I was going to say that. From yeah. Jump, yeah. And mine is the same. It's just, it's, because it's not fun for both. It's just not fun for both because it boils down to a single roll and you're done. You're out. You're, you're doing. Yeah, because the target must succeed on a con save or be stunned until the end of your next turn. That, you, any enemy, no matter the CR, no matter the hit points, no matter the AC, if it is stunned for an entire round, it is going to die if it has a whole party of adventurers sitting there dealing with it stunned. Like, it's over. On the flip side is true. Like, I, I my rogue was very disappointed. And I, and again, yeah. I don't think, and I, if I would have only had it for one round, which I, you know, I didn't, you're in the heat of battle, literal yeah. heat of battle, and you don't think about it. And then, yeah, he was out for three rounds, and that was most of the fight. Yep. And it was disappointing, and I understand why. And so I'm not saying I, I'm again, I'm not saying I would remove it. I just would change it would on, on the it. fly. I, you, I know you would. Oh, you would. Um, you've been hurt by it way more than I have. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't, I just can't see myself going above one round. No. Without spending additional resources, like if I go another round, it's because I actively did it. But that, but but as but again, as a class feature, that's not fair either. Because it's I just so every fair. single time, every single round. Because everybody else, it's like, well, what's the point of fighting anything? Let's just have our monk go. Let's all wait for our monk go and do stunning strike on the big bad. Okay, as and long as it's one of it. you know ninety percent of the creatures that aren't immune to the stun condition, battle over. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it, it, because even even then, you can. Oh man. That group that really latches onto it, they could all hold an action mm -hmm. where just have the monk go, and the monk can run, you know, three hundred feet or whatever nonsense. So they just send the monk up, bam, done. Well, and the other thing is even having the condition of my readied action be yeah. when the monk tries to stun. Yeah, because then I can then I'm going to ensure I still get my action even if the creature is not stunned. But if they are stunned, then we're good. And then you, and then. The, <laughs> This is my management style at, at work. And I guess this is my management style when I'm a DM. <laughs> I only actually have one rule and it's don't make me make rules. Yeah. Um, where it's <laughs> in the scenario there, it's like, well, okay, guy. Okay, everyone, listen. Now I have to put special rules on what you can say about your held action because. Yeah. And then that's not fun. I that's don't, not fun. I'm not going to enjoy making that rule. People are not going to enjoy. Um, stunned. Done. Stunned. Done. Stunning strike. Stunned. Boo. But if you if you if you like that and you wanted to tell us what is the most annoying episode we've done, <laughs> head over to your podcatcher of choice um, and leave a rating and review. I'm not gonna lie, all of them help, even if they're bad. Um, don't leave a bad one just because. But if you do feel that way, I'm not gonna stop you. I have no <laughs> I have no way to do that. Yeah, and of course, if you want to read, reach out to us via email, you can always do so at dmnastics at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at dmnastics, Neil at Jotemoniac, and me at C. Conowich. And for everything else on the network, uh, visit blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And a huge thank you to the Bards over in Bombarded for our intro and outro, and you can check out more from them at bombardcast.com. But rather than let these mental gains go to waste, let's head to taking your supplements. Celeste, do you have anything going on lately? <laughs> do, do I? Yes, that I've maybe even mentioned in this episode a few times because it's my whole life. Yes, I do. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, um, I am the senior game designer at Cobalt Press, which is one of the largest like third-party publishers of Dungeon Dragons 
like fifth edition over the past five or six years. And uh, we have just recently launched a Kickstarter. It's running right now for the next like 13 days um, of a new game called Tales of the Valiant, which is a um, inspired, built on the foundation of D&D fifth edition, um, fully compatible with 5e, the products you already know and love. Uh, Tales of the Valiant is a new role-playing game that takes like all the stuff that was uh, published in the SRD and Creative Commons and basically puts a cobalt press spin on it. Uh, we're calling it sort of 5e with teeth. Uh, so if you are interested in picking up or backing a game that will keep all the good fifth edition alive with some some new flavor, I highly recommend. Would love for you to check out Tales of the Valiant. Uh, right now we are we're like so close to a million dollars at this point, which is so exciting to see. And uh, if you back the Kickstarter, you can get the Player's Guide uh, and the Monster Vault are the two books that we are doing now. So that is all you will need to play the game. Uh, the Player's Guide is combining the best hits of the Dungeon Master's Guide uh, and the PHB into one book uh, that everybody can use. And we're doing a lot of fun stuff, cleaning up some of the issues that 5e so far has faced, introducing some new options, like we have a new base class going in there, the the Mechanist, our 13th base class, um, and a lot of other really, really great stuff. Um, so we would love if you would check it out. Um, if you want to, just head over to talesofthevaliant.com. It's a great landing page that has details, how to get involved with playtesting, like design diaries about what this is, why we're doing it. And then, of course, also links to that Kickstarter. Absolutely. Uh, and I would say mm, this is a weird this is a weird thing to think. I mean, for me personally, I will I would bet money for me that that Monster Vault is going to be way more utilized um, than the player's guide just because i have behind me every monster book that kobold press has ever put out it's just <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of things you know in ways that you didn't see them before um and in a positive way and we've talked about it enough on on the podcast that you know that that everyone should know that that's my feeling um because i ah, my players my players are just old um and have just been playing for so long so yeah. i need new stuff i just i need new stuff um to make it interesting for me uh in a lot of ways it's the same conversation we just had about conditions i need new things so that i'm not bored and i'm not boring them yeah. um because essentially um i can only put the same monsters out so many times before it's not fun yeah, and I mean, 5th edition, by all means, is I, I firmly believe it's, you know, the greatest edition we've ever seen of D&D, but it has been out for, you know, five, six years now, and there are some problems with it that, you know, we're taking a swing at fixing and seeing, you know, how, how can we make this game tighter? How can we make this game more fun? How can we make this game easier for Dungeon Masters? I mean, I can ask. I see. I, I can ask questions that I know get asked. But Celeste, what will I do with all my fifth edition books? It's so great. It's compatible. It's exactly compatible. You know, we're doing so much work so that if you have a fifth edition, you love your fighter. Your player loves their fighter. How it was built in Five E, they can play at the same table as a fighter made with Tales of the Valiant rules. There is no reason why these characters can't exist in the same space. And also you can run any module you have for fifth edition using the Tales of the Valiant rule set. It's all compatible. So we're not invalidating any single thing you have. It's all mix and match. So as intense as you want to get, like with using 5e stuff and, and Tales stuff, it's all good. Um, so we're really, really working hard to make sure it's all 
backwards compatible, that you were not invalidating anything you've bought from Cobalt Press or any other company for fifth edition. Let's preface everything I'm saying is completely satire. Please, I hope <laughs> no one is offended because this next one is. It. I'm going to say it. So it yep. is. But Celeste, I've set all those books on fire because I hate them. What adventures will I run now? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, Tales of the Valiant, we're also publishing a bunch of adventures. Like, we've smashed already through a ton of stretch goals uh, there that, like, we're, we're going to be publishing TOV specific adventures um, are going to start coming out. You know, um, we're doing live play tests at Gen Con uh, this year. So obviously we're going to have pre-gens. We're going to have some new shiny adventures for you all to check out. And of course, if you want any adventures from the Cobalt Press catalog from 5e are, are compatible. They're all fair games. So hundreds of warlocks, like, you know, Tales of the Old Margrave, Book of, you know, Ebon Tides, all of that content we've published and have been famous for publishing, you know, with quality and love um, are are still available for you. So even if you don't want to support, you know, big companies, you can still find lots to do uh, with Cobalt Press and other third party publishers. I'll also preface: I feel like I feel like someone's going to listen to this and think that it was scripted. It's very not. It, it's not. <laughs> Behind the veil, you would be surprised uh, how unscripted all of this may be. Um, but yeah, show notes per usual. Um, but at the same time, Tales of the Valiant, if you put it into your search engine of choice, if you choose to ask Jeeves, <laughs> Dogpile. It's the one where the dog would dig and find while it was searching. This is very early internet. What? I apologize. I don't for think I even saw that. Hear this. I remember Ask Jeeves, but. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, so ask Jeeves, so around the same time as ask Jeeves, there's one called Dogpile, and the search animation was a dog oh, digging into so a hole cute. while it was searching for your results. Um, so yes, if you put Tales of the Valiant into whatever search engine you have, it will undoubtedly come up, and then push it past a million because, yeah. as far as I can tell, that's the last stretch goal. Yep. Yes, at a million dollars, we are going to be doing a beautiful four-panel GM screen um, added to all the slipcase yeah. orders. So this is going to be one of those, just the gorgeous, like, really, we have so much great art, like, for this. And, oh, man, I, I yeah, I really hope we hit it. I want, I want that screen so bad. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and again, I am, I am always comfortable if anything, as as two people that have ran a Kickstarter and Celeste having been a part of many, having a threshold by which you will not add more yes. stretch goals is always a positive sign for me personally. Um, just because it, it it feels like that that the people kind of know that anything past that may be untenable um, <laughs> and uh, under promise over delivered. Uh, so, yes, check it out. Show notes, all those things. But with that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to find us. Go. The Twitter, the Discord, there should be a link to that in the show notes as well. I actually made a link that actually works um, because Discord is weird and those like invite links break constantly. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I fixed it. Um, and anywhere else that you can find us to join in the exercises and conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforms.net. And try some gymnastics, so your players don't ask, do you even live?